Hi everyone, welcome to episode 12 of the Slow Spin Society podcast. So this marks three months of Slow Spin Society podcast. Give us a round of applause. We won't hear it, but do it anyway. Yay! Uh, <laughs> so today we'll do a this versus that episode. So Paul and I, we have both compiled five to ten different aspects of fixed gear cycling or even normal cycling, where people might have differing opinions and preferences. So these can be things like handlebars or what type of tire they prefer or we don't we don't know each other's compiled lists. So we both did this in our own time without discussing um discussing the list with each other. So this will more or less be like a completely genuine and unrehearsed, like casual podcast episode. And we hope you enjoy. And speaking of things we may hold different opinions about, we just talked about how houses and building are built differently in Japan or versus Europe, US, and also a cool video about girls mountain biking that you should definitely check it out. You guys can learn more about that by listening to the pre-show and you can access the pre-show and the extended conversation of the podcast by going on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Society podcast, where we talk more on that later. So Fabian, I suggest you do the first this versus that, and we'll okay. go from there. So yeah, like we said, we're going to discuss around 10 or 20 different aspects of cycling where we may hold different opinions and preferences preferences about. Um, so I think one of the first things, especially for fixed gear cycling, is that people like to differ in, in terms of preferences is what type of pedal to use. So you can use cleats, you can use flat pedals, you can use flat pedals with straps, flat pedals with toe cages, or even like, well, like pedals with like the flat pedals with the combined cleats inside. But that's kind of weird if you're wearing uh, straps, <laughs> I guess. But anyway, so my stance is that like without a doubt, I I, I am for cleats. I prefer clipless pedals. Wait, cleats, like SPDs cleats. and stuff? Yeah, not cleats. Yeah, clipless pedals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So 100% I'm all for clipless pedals and like the whole system. Interesting. I am all about toe clips, like toe cages. Yeah. Uh, I like those so much. For like performance or track lacrosse, I will go with Aspides. But for everyday riding, like toe cages, 100%. No doubt. So like one of the, the more obvious pros, like the, the benefits of going with clipless systems, of course, like the power transmission, right? Yeah. And you just, you just directly connect it with no slipping of your foot. Well, there's two systems, two ways to unclip with SPD system, with SPD pedals. And, you, and that's still pretty secure in the end. Like you can tighten up the tension to max and then you just, nothing's going to rip your foot off unless you specifically want it to. And I think yeah. that's a super useful thing to have as well, especially with fixed gear riding. There's a lot of people, though, that have like a hard time having like trusting their SPD pedals or like, you know, clipless pedal system. So, you know, you have like SPD, SPD SL, Lukio, Egg Beaters, uh, what else? Speed Play. Uh, speed Play. There's like Time so many brands and like so many different systems but usually people tend to focus towards i feel uh speedy 
and times. Yeah. Um, so I think like the, the regular SPD, so not the SL, those are like the most easy, like the easiest pedal system that you can have as a beginner because you can just clip in from both sides. You don't have to pay attention to that really. Yeah. Then with like the road pedals, so SPD are just mountain bike ones, but SPD SL, the road versions, those are only one sided clip in. So then sometimes you have to like tip the pedal with your the tip of your shoe just to get it the right position. And that's it's a it's it's more hassle. And yeah. as well, like with the mountain bike pedals, you can mountain bike you can use them with mountain bike shoes or or other like urban walkable versions of clipless shoes, like the new Adidas Velo Sambas or Gira Rumble or yeah, a bunch of other different shoes that you can you can still walk around normally. Yeah. Even if you're using clipless system. But with the road version you kind of Yeah. Gets you just uncomfortable walking around. Yeah. Aspides are cool, a hundred percent, but toe cages are so OG. <laughs> it's just I just like the way they feel though, you know? Like yeah, I can I think it's something like if you started with one thing and you're really comfortable with it, it's hard to switch to another thing. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are really comfy with straps, like, you know, BMX flat pedals and straps. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's a, it's a good solution. I am personally not about them because I don't feel that great into them. I feel like it's really mushy and sometimes hard to get out. So yeah, I'm not all over straps. But I can definitely understand that for some people, it's like the comfiest thing ever. Yeah, like I don't, I'm like if I were to switch from clipless to another system, it would only be pretty much only be toe cages. I think I just I like I also don't like the way straps look, but that's that doesn't really matter. Yeah. But with straps, it feels like do you do you pedal like with the middle of your foot then, or or how does it work? No, you like, still pedal. I mean, you still pedal with like the like the, the, the tip, front part. right? You're the front yeah, part. Okay. But. The thing is, like, the pedals are so large that for a lot of people, it's actually more comfy because you can put, like, huge part of, of your of your foot onto the yeah. pedal, you know? Like, yeah, that's, that's what makes it feel weird, I think, to me. I mean, I haven't tried it. I, I know what a normal pedal feels like, though, like, but it just, it just seems weird. Maybe, yeah. I, I mean, I still need to try it, of course, but with toe cages, I don't, they look good, too, which, again, doesn't really matter, but... Yeah, like either either one. I think the main benefit, of course, is that you don't need this whole pedal-specific shoe system to go with it, right? And they're also much cheaper. Yeah, and toe cages tend to destroy your shoes more than straps. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're usually going to use, like, um, metal pedals, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> the metal pedal is going to destroy your shoe on the underside, and the <laughs> the the cage itself and the strap that goes over it, it's probably gonna destroy your shoe on the side up. This so, just sounds yeah. horrible. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna. You're like, oh yeah, it's OG, but it's gonna fuck your shoe up. <laughs> you know, you know um, the the bike check I did on Patrick's Parallax. It was like a, yeah. a few weeks ago, and he has the beaut. He have those beautiful Toshi red straps you know yeah um there were a time where <laughs> where patrick had white shoes now are they pink oh no <laughs> oh man so it's like i cannot win unless i go clipless in this case 
<laughs> but I mean, I have black shoes and they're, you know, they do the job just, just, just good. And yeah, took ages are by far my favorite, I'd say. Or just go bonkers and no retention at all. And yeah, just go crazy, man. And you probably take a wall or a truck or something in the face because no retention is dangerous if you don't have brakes. Yeah. But you already know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think, I mean, I can understand both sides in this case because like, on the one hand, pedals, a clipless system is more expensive, but you get like the power transmission and it's more connected. But then you have to have like maybe maintenance, you need the special shoes. On the other hand, straps and toe cages, you can just use whatever shoe you want. It's so much easier to just get on your bike and go, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's less connected, maybe. maybe that's, It's like an arbitrary feeling, but it's less connected and it fucks up your shoe, at least in the in the case of toe cages. Dude, me and my bike were connected. We just I'm just one with the bike. Bro, I don't even use a saddle, man. Just go straight up in me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we're one. We're one. Yeah. Uh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna recover from that. <laughs> so okay, I think we should move on to number okay. two. Your... Uh so my turn. Uh, and it is something that I know, I know we disagree on. And that's why it is the absolute first in my list is cheap tire versus expensive one. Oh, I put down the exact same thing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we completely differ in this. And I saw, I saw you posted a picture of, of uh, your new tires on the Discord server, on the Discord server. And someone asked you, a gift, yeah, gifted other asked you what tires they are because they look fancy, the nice thread, and you're like, oh, super cheap, uh, hot <laughs> They're, like, they're like 16 euros each. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, what the fuck? My shipping for my tires costs more than that. <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah. You because prefer... if you're on a face gear, it could be a thing because on a face gear, tires are something you consume you know yeah definitely so it's like i don't know like oil or oil on your chain or whatever so two options either you buy an expensive tire and you pray for it to stay long like to live longer because it's expensive so i mean no no maybe the rubber is like better quality or you just buy cheap ones and you change it more often you know you are more of an expensive tire kind of guy. Yeah, well, like like you said, the cheap tires are more suitable for fixed gear riding, but really only if you skid. Yeah, true. Okay, yeah. So I I don't skid, for example. So that's also that for me. That's also a good reason then to go with more expensive tire because in, in both cases they're 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 not really gonna wear out within three months. Yeah. And but yeah, so. The, the con of expensive tires is that if you do skid, you're going to you're gonna have to replace them after whatever, like three, four, five months, even if it's only like three or four thousand kilometers or whatever. Oh, well, yeah. maybe not <laughs> one thousand kilometers per month. But, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to replace them earlier then. So in that case, it makes it would make more sense. Like because you, you, you like to skid, right? And I mean, I'm people... not like I'm not super big into skidding, but when I no. do like tricks and stuff. You know, yeah. when I do like skid 180 or that kind of stuff. And just like 
sometimes you're just cruising and I don't skid that much. But sometimes I just like to mash around and I just like, you know, like skid yeah. Uh, for, yeah, just for street creds or style points or yeah. <laughs> personal amusement. <laughs> but on the topic of skids, just like, just a bit off topic, the, I saw the absolute worst hotline video yesterday. Oh, yeah? It's, it's um... I mean, it's an old one, but it, it's from the, the guy in, in Italy. What's his name? Ooh, Wolfbots. Wolfbots. Yeah. Wolfbots. Such a shit hotline. Like, no. <laughs> oh my God, that's really strong. What happened? I mean, I, I, mean, I, mean, no, I mean, it's not a shit hotline because of Terry or anything. It's just, I hate the way the guy rides. Like he skids all the time for no reason. For no reason. Yeah, that's the thing. And Like, like whip skids or whatever. I think it's so obnoxious. It's so obnoxious. Yeah. It's the thing that beginner riders tend to do a lot. It's just like skid in the middle of the road for no reason, you know? Yeah. And you're like, dude, I'm just behind you. Please don't do that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go on a small rant here. But like the guy was like cycling through these busy streets with people. He he gets out of saddle to go fast. And suddenly, whip skid, 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 three left, three. And he keeps doing it. And then he stands up again, goes fast. And every 10 seconds, he's doing a skid, even though there's no reason to. Yeah. And also his bike is ugly. It's like a notorious 80 in the back and like a tri-spoke in the front. So that's, that's <laughs> <different>. <laughs> but anyway, so on the topic of skidding, if you're like, if you're like this guy, Wolfbots, and you skid every five seconds, then yeah, maybe only buy 10 euro tires. Otherwise you're going to go broke. Yeah. But <laughs> There's uh, also like buying cheap tires and skidding a lot. Uh, like you have sometimes more chance, more chances to punk, you know, have a puncture out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it all depends really. Yeah, I mean, so like, for, for me on my trick bikes, I have like super, super cheap tires. Like they usually don't go over 20 euros, uh, per, per tire. Uh, but like on the bike that I take to, you know, long bike rides, or yeah. I actually need something that will <laughs> strap me to the road and not make me slide uh, at every corner. Uh, like I have gator skins on like my mash work for the road or my setup because the the grip, you know. Yeah. So yeah. It depends. I mean, like the the real like one of the really good benefits of expensive tires is of course the the ride quality. And yeah. You can I can I can really tell the difference in terms of the feeling. Maybe also weight. Well, I don't really feel that, but the feeling on the road when riding with expensive tires versus cheap tires, even if they're like the same size and everything, it's just such a big difference. And like one of the main things you can change with your bike and how it feels is not the frame or anything, but it's like the handlebars and the bike fit and then the tires and the wheels, right? Yeah. And but yeah, so. It depends on the way you ride in the end, whether it's worth it to get expensive tires or 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 not. Yeah, there's also the point that your tire is your only, and I hope it's the only one for you, but it's the only contact patch you have with the road. Yeah, exactly. If it's not the only one, you have a problem. <laughs> but yeah, so it's yes. important. So that's like all the road vibration and everything first goes through the tire, and all the grip going into the corner with the rain yeah. or whatever it, oh, through the tire so yeah motherfucking smash that like button if you want a top 10 tire review <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right uh, on to the next one next one also this is a very very 
very not controversial. I mean, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say controversial. That's a hard, uh, a strong word. But so this is where lots of people differ because they care about what the bike looks like, right? And that is the the area of handlebars. So mm-hmm. I am. Co- so then there's the main two groups in in fixed gear. I mean, there's three groups if you count uh, bullhorns, but not really. Bullhorns doesn't versus... exist in in no. my in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's mainly drops versus white bars or risers. So I'm yeah. doing like white bars slash risers, you know. But I'm hundred percent for drops. I love drops. Yeah, wow. I get that. Uh, I've been more into drops recently. Uh, being a, a white boy, uh, I I am. I am revolving around drops uh, recently. I think they're cool and it is impressive. Like, okay, so when I ride riders, I ride like 750 wide. Okay, so wide boys. And then I go to drops and even if they're 44, uh, so like pretty wide for drops, I'm like, holy shit, I can fit literally everywhere. Yeah. It is so easy. <laughs> So that's like one, so I wrote down some like pros and cons and like the pros of drops, of course. Well, lots of people say they like drops, but only for long distance. And that's because of the more hand positions that you can have. If you have yeah. like wide bars, you can only put your hand left and right. Maybe you can like rest, rest your arms in the middle, like TT position, but it's also not that super comfortable. But then with drop bars, you can put them on like on the, on where the hoods normally are or in the drops or in the middle on top, you know, yeah. it's just more options. And another for me, this is a personal pro. I think they look way cooler. But I know this is where lots of people will disagree. Yeah. I mean, like, a bike can have, like, such a different style with drops and with wide risers, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking about, uh, you know, the Affinity Kisena? Yeah. That bike is, like, it's built for the velodrome, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, super aero, super light, super, like, extra stiff. Um, everything and you put drops on it and you're like wow that's like that's a villager machine you know it's it's yeah. built for this and then you put risers on it and you're like street crafts nice <laughs> <laughs> like you put risers on like the you put risers on the ten thousand euro look x hope carbon <laughs> carbon track bike oh nice fixie bro <laughs> but, and, and a yeah. pink crank <laughs> and white tires <laughs> The 15 year white tires <laughs> absolutely okay uh, but yeah uh besides that it's yeah like you said the, the the pros is that it's easier to navigate with right you can fit everywhere it's really compact and you're you can go much faster with drops yeah and risers definitely gives you like in my opinion a better bike control uh on yeah. certain situations and yeah it just it looks cool man risers looks good uh yeah, I mean it's a again it is a, a personal preference. Uh, I ride both. I have drops and I also have risers and yeah, I I like both. Yeah. What I don't like though and yeah, I I'm going to make a statement here. What I don't <laughs> like it's like straight bars. You know like basically one tube that you put through your stem. Oh yeah. Those are like I don't know like Style-wise, they don't look that good, and riding-wise, they're like, I, it doesn't feel that right. So I like risers that have like a little bit of sweep back, you know. Yeah. But like when it's super super straight, it's just I don't know. It's a little bit weird. 
Yeah, so I, I've never tried those either. Like the only white bars I've tried, I think, were yours in Japan. That was only like one one time for like five minutes, and then my bulmus <laughs> bars. And the bulmus yeah. bars, they're they they feel comfortable and like you, yeah, you can you can like have extra leverage, right? When you pedal and everything, yeah. it's easier easier to breathe. That's a big thing. It's easier to breathe because your chest cage is your it's yeah, open. It's, yeah, it's it's further apart. But yeah. I prefer yeah. drops, I guess. Interesting. Okay. On to the next one. Um, so. Clean aesthetic. Or. Stickers all over your frame and street grids. <sighs> um, well, it depends on how you define stickers all over is that like sticker am, bombing or, no or i'm like not talking about stickers? sticker bombing i'm talking about people like me or others that put let's say a good amount of stickers on their frame but it's not sticker bombing we're not covering everything uh, it, okay so like off the top of my head i already I, i'm leaning towards clean like with no stickers uh -huh. but i don't like i think it's nice if you have like one sticker or two stickers maybe but if you have like a sticker on the top tube on the down tube on the seat stay on the seat post like then that's too much already for me like regardless of regardless of what the stickers are like for example um on instagram there's um yeah there's a candle track i think it's yeah solal's candle track from yeah crush bicycle club and that one has way too many stickers on and I don't think I even want a sticker on the Candle track. I don't. I think that just kind of ruins it, even mm. if it's just one. But he has many on them, and I don't think it looks nice. On the other side on Instagram, there is a Fixie Carl. Uh, is it Fixie Carl or Fix Carl? Yeah. Fixie that Carl. has like has like so many bikes and like no stickers. It's always like super clean. Yeah, and I think that's also nice because. Like especially if you're posting on Instagram or taking like nice photography, like uh, like pictures of it, photos of the bike. If you have a sticker, kind of, in my opinion, it it can at times like distract from the bike itself. Like it's it's like nice bike, nice paint job, and suddenly boom, a, a sticker that is not really related to the bike itself. Like Interesting. Even, but yeah, it's like a personal thing as well. And on on one of my bikes, I have a sticker and it's like like the German flag, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have on my big block the pink one. I have like a small paint chip, and I was thinking of covering that up with like a t like a small, like sticker, like a tiny one, maybe the size of like two fingers. Mm. But, but yeah. Yeah, talking about stickers, then I am going to do an absolute shameless plug here. But uh, highest tier patrons they receive stickers every month from us. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, you guys receive like stickers every month and print, uh, and yeah, everything into a nice envelope. And I put and a lot of effort into that. Yeah, they look good. So yeah, but the listeners, this is where you can see that uh, Fabian and I are actually really different. Like most of my bikes are covered into stickers, <laughs> like pretty much everywhere. There, I always like spend time to choose them. You know. I never slap a random sticker uh, on my bike like like this, you know. Uh, I yeah. usually like people give me stickers or I buy stickers and then I keep them and I have like big, big, big like pocket full of stickers. 
And sometimes I open it and I'm like, oh, it would feel good on that bike or that bike. <laughs> yeah, like I, I have like a bunch of stickers now as well. And even though I don't put them on bikes, I normally put them on like my laptop or my, my bidon. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's like the next best thing, I guess. There is also some stickers that they're so legendary. You don't want to put them on. You're like, nah, I, ca I can't do that. You know? Like what? Like I, I mean, have, there's okay. a hotline sticker, for example. That's a cool thing, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a cool thing. But for example, I have so in Japan uh, there is that movie, uh, Far East Smoking Skeeters. Okay. So the legend says that it is the movie that the Japanese police used to understand what a fixed gear was, and to basically like it's what created the the entire movement of yes this is uh this is fixed gear and no bricks is illegal in japan because it's dangerous yeah so that movie is legendary it's just like dudes ripping around on the ngs frames and like disc wheels uh <laughs> with tubular tires and like skidding their way through 90s tokyo crazy um, that's cool or early 2000 Wait, and, and there's a sticker of, of, of the movie. And, or... and no, so like that's the name of the crew, right? Okay. And one time I was at a party and I talked with a guy and um, we talked Japanese culture, bikes and everything. And he was like, ah, oh, you're a cool guy. Here's a sticker. And he hands me that sticker and I read it. And it's like Far East fucking smoking skaters. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that's your crew? He's like, ah, do you know it's my old crew? I kept that sticker like my treasure. I don't <laughs> want to put it anywhere. <laughs> 10 retweets and we'll, we'll make the stickers again. <laughs> because no. it is so nice, you know? It's like it, it's like a piece of Japanese slash figs gear history. I don't want to put it anywhere, but at sometimes it would be so nice to show it to the outside world. But right now it's just in my sticker pocket. And every time I take it out, I'm like... I could probably slap that sticker somewhere. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to wait. I mean, it's a nice memory as well to keep. Yeah, it, there's like a balance. I mean, there's yeah, like people say like, oh, you just have a beater bike, you know, like the one that's not it's worth maybe $100 or $100 Euros or whatever. And then, yeah, sure, put stickers on it. It's not supposed to look nice, right? It's just a, just a random bike in the end. Yeah. And in that case, I wouldn't really care. But if I have like a nicer bike or, or just like a normal bike that I like to ride, I just I wouldn't put them in stickers on. Mm. but at the same time I'm not going to give anyone shit for having a bunch of stickers like in the end it's like a personal thing yeah and I think like sometimes there's some bike aesthetics and the guy slapped a bunch of stickers on it and it just looks even better you know it's just matched with the frame yeah just don't put it on a laser <laughs> okay uh, your turn okay for the next next thing um bike computer versus no bike computer Oof. <laughs> <laughs> ah strava stats and all that stuff eh or not even just for that or just like just to see how fast you're going just for personal archive or anything interesting you know? uh i have been riding fixed gear for pretty much 10 years now I still don't own a bike computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But you know what? Sometimes I borrow my girlfriend's one and it is really nice to have one to know where you're going, you know? Yeah. If you have like a map, you put you put it in there and you just you just know where you're going rather than just putting your phone out every two minutes. Uh it's really useful. So in that case I am old for it. Yeah, hundred percent. But only only for like trips. I mean it's good to know like your performance stuff uh, and all, uh, but I am just not too into it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I ride mainly for personal pleasure, and yeah, and for me, riding is a hobby, and I mean, it's it's more of a passion at this point, really. But I just yeah, well. I I just don't like to think too much about it, you know. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be disappointed at the end of the day because I'm like, oh man, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, went as fast as last time on this segment or anything. I'm just yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean like that's I think that's I can understand as well. Like the the benefit of having a bike computer then is like you said, you can easier you can make routes online and it's easier to follow, right? Yeah. But also. You can see like like numerical data for how your performance is like speed, distance, elevation, you know, power even. And for people, for many, I think for many people riding fixed gear, it's just it's a different experience. It's just you know, or even cycling in general is just about cycling for cycling's sake. Like you're just cycling to cycle. You don't cycle to get bigger legs, or you're not cycling to lose weight or become yeah. more fit. You're just cycling because you like cycling, right? And in, th- in that case. This this type of information is not really is not relevant, but like in my case, I think I think it's really nice. Like I like seeing how fast I'm going, what my average speed is, distance and stuff like that. Just, I think it's also nice to have like it's really helpful for like having like structured routines and training sessions and stuff like that. But absolutely, at the same, yeah. at the same time, yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of. <sighs> Like fixed gear riding, people often have like the same. Like I said it before, like I'm so connected with my bike, it's a pure <laughs> like shit like that, you know. And I can understand why people would think that having a bike computer kind of like distracts you from just cycling. Like, yeah, like you said, just cycling for fun. So yeah, it can, it's it's not a necessity, and I think it's really just like a luxury for for to have. Okay, like cycling can be just as fun with without one. Yeah. Total side note, but I really like the look of a bike computer on a face gear with drops. I think it looks sick. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, that, the, just that little thing uh, after your stem, it just looks good, you know? It's like, nice touch. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a pink Wahoo Bolt on my pink big block. Ooh, matchy Ooh. matchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I didn't even know that the pink version would cost like 10 euros more if I bought it. And now I'm like, fuck, I paid 10 euros more just for a different color. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So like my computers, yeah, I, I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I don't own one, but I guess if I had one, I would have it on what I consider more of my roadie style bike when I do like long distances. And I put my jersey on <laughs> and all that stuff. But like on my everyday daily, absolutely not. Nah. No. And it's yeah. like, it's also one more thing that you have to think when you park your bike, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would like I, totally forget about it. hundred <laughs> percent. 
Like you see, I see it like many people, including me, like when you're just going for like a normal spin, like five, 10, 15 kilometers, I, you don't, I often just don't take it with me even. I just leave it at home. Like I just yeah. want to ride. I mean, I don't even know if it's five, 10, 15 because I don't have a computer with me, but it's just, you know, yeah, yeah. like you said, I only take it on my more like quote unquote more serious rides. Yeah. You know, you know, sometimes that we, we refrain talking to each other of certain things because we want to keep it for the podcast, right? <laughs> I think it would be the same thing if I had um, uh, a bike computer. I would not not record like uh, anything, you know? I would record absolutely everything I do. I was, yeah, I can understand. I was doing that in the beginning, like, oh, I'm going three kilometers just to like the bus station with the bike to pick up my girlfriend. And I'm like, record, hit record on Strava. I'm like, <laughs> but now I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. I'm not, I'm not doing it for anyone besides myself. So yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. All those sacrifices for your entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pretty, pretty good one. Uh... I'm going to go on to the next one, and it is old one-inch fork with quilt stem or the new 118-inch system with a head stem and all that stuff. So, I mean, the one-inch, it's like you said, with the, the toe cage, it's, it's more OG, right? And in many cases, depending on the frame, it, it looks way better. But at the same time, I think it's a pain. It's a pain in the ass compared to one one eight inch. So, and with one one eight inch, you can have more like another part to like customize more more easily the stem. Yeah, the one one inch. It's not really that many options, right? Yeah, and you have like the the top cap too. Yeah, the top cap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really important detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, personally. I like one inch. I think it's really cool looking and I love it. Uh, for a long time, one inch was just my go-to. And I was like, nah, man, one, one, eight. It's like, nah, it's not OG or anything. <laughs> but well, one thing is like one inch, you lose so much power. Like really? so much. Oh, yeah. It's like comparing it to one, one, eight. It's so flexy. Damn, I didn't know that. I don't know where drops because uh, I'm I'm not into one inch drops. But for risers, it's like so much power has been lost <laughs> through one inch forks and one inch quill stem system. So, yeah, style. I am all about one inch. It looks cool and uh, it's easy to swap your stem. And I don't know is. Yeah, it, it's just a good-looking thing. I mean, Angie's bikes, they're one-inch. Uh, Candela tracks and all that 90s, 80s stuff. It's it's one-inch. And it looks, it looks really cool, right? Yeah. But, yeah, that, <laughs> but 118 is just, like, more practical. More, yeah, It's mean. just more everything, you know? It's just, yeah, it's just better. It's just, like, welcome to the 21st century. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that reminds me, on, on my Candel track, I have a shim on it to make it one one eight inch even. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I stand, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So yeah. Uh yeah, I think I think that's about it for this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, also just like a last thing. I think especially if you have like a super historical frame like a Chinelli laser or like a Rosin or something, just go 1 inch. Just yeah. just, just finish the look, you know, keep it like period accurate. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Uh next one. So, next thing that I wrote down is front rack versus back rack versus okay, this is a triple one actually. Front rack versus back rack versus no rack. Ooh. Uh, if that was front rack versus back rack, I would just have said front, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent, no doubt. Like, don't even ask me again. <laughs> but, mm, like, okay, racks are cool. They tend to get a little bit heavy sometimes. Yeah. And, like, if you use it all the time, like, hundred percent front rack. It's like, and it it looks cool, you know looks cool yeah. and it's super practical and yeah it's so nice when you have one but sometimes riding without one is also like you know like you've been riding with a rack for so long and then yeah. you ride with a normal bike again and you're like so oh, much lighter yeah it's so easy now yeah uh like so like the main difference i think between the front rack and the back rack is yeah front rack looks cooler that's one thing um the front rack has more like space on top than the back rack and I don't know, maybe a front rack is more more easy to install than the back rack on most bikes. I'm not sure. But a back rack, it doesn't affect handling as much as a front rack. If you have if you have heavy stuff on the front rack, it's kind of a pain in the ass to cycle, I think. Yeah. Because like it affects the steering. If it's on the back rack, you just feel it on the back and it's you're more you're more or less fine. I mean that's also why panniers are in the back and not the front. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can be in both, but in the back and normal. I had one but, in yeah. the same lines. I had Rack versus basket. Hmm. Because rack, rack it looks cool, but you always need something to strap your shit down, right? Basket, yeah. you just put it in there and you're good to go. Yeah, that's true. Like, like here at least, like on city bikes in the Netherlands, many people, many, many people have like a basket in the front. Because if you don't have a basket, like you really need to have like straps for everything then. Yeah, and basket is just so easy. Just put like some apples inside or whatever they buy here. <laughs> but you put some stuff in the basket and then you're good to go. Like lots of kids, lots of school kids that like, go to cycle to school and back. They put their their bag, like their backpack in the basket and you just cycle. It's nice. Yeah. But yeah, not really ideal for for fixed gear. So what's your final answer? Final answer is no rack. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm like, I front am rack about cool. front rack. Yeah. Yeah. Like front like you said, front front rack is cool. It looks cool, but it's for me I think it's heavier and I wouldn't really ever use it. So yeah, Okay. No rack. Okay. Okay. Hmm, interesting. Uh okay, I'll do the next one then. It's an easy one. Aftermarket forks, envy or wound up. Uh, like I don't really have an opinion on this, to be honest. <laughs> Like, I've haven't I've not used either of them, but like for you it's easy because you would say wand up for sure, but for me I don't like the look of wand ups, so I'll probably ah. envy. But God envy damn. are expensive as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they're both expensive. And they're both. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know wand ups. They look they look so skinny. They look really skinny. 
Yeah, but they look good on skinny frames. That's true. Yeah, if it's a skinny frame where it doesn't look out of place, then sure. If it's on like an oversized titanium bike, then nah. If it's like oversized aluminum bike, then nah. And like in, in, in those other two cases, titanium and aluminum, I would go with a like nice carbon envy one. Interesting. It just more. Okay. But yeah, like I said, I have never I haven't tried either of them. So I I only know I I'm basing this opinion on like pedal room pictures basically. So Yeah, I was more asking for looks really because at the ah, end okay. carbon fork is a carbon fork. So yeah. you know. Uh and and I'm gonna add this here. Because we're not gonna get a wound up sponsorship, but they never replied to my email. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I asked can... them if they if they can like do a custom one, like not custom one, but if they can like have uh, sell a fork, carbon fork, right, with a hole in the steerer tube for internal cable routing, and they never replied. So, yeah, yeah. they never replied to your email, and one no. time they made a giveaway, and I didn't win. Fuckers. Yeah! Don't they know who we are? We're slowest in society. <laughs> well, not back, not back then, but, you know, it's still annoying. Whiskey also didn't reply, by the way, so fuck Whiskey. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This show oh. is not getting any sponsors. <laughs> Burning all the bridges. At least now all our listeners know we're unbiased when we, we shit on everyone equally. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean you don't have to sponsor us, though. We still need money, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> But yeah, so if I ever buy an Envy fork or wound up fork, whiskey fork, anyway, it will be used probably. I'm not going to pay for 100 or something. For oh, yeah, any of I've never here. bought a wound up new. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even supporting them then. I mean, no, that is not true because by buying new stuff from the hand of people, they can actually buy new stuff from the same brand. So indirectly, I am supporting them. But what if they're selling the Wanda because they don't like it, and then you buy it secondhand? So in the in the end, they don't make. They only have one sale. Well, those people bought that Wanda, so indirectly, I also supported Wanda because I bought it from them, who bought it directly from Wanda. Yeah, but now there's there's like two customers, but only Wanda is only getting one customer's money. This is getting complicated. <laughs> Either way, in this case, it's envy for me. All right, it is one of In most cases, yeah. Okay, uh, you can do the next one. Ooh, this is a big one, I think, for you, because you're talking of rides and stuff. Group rides versus solo rides. Oof. Uh, I'm hundred percent for solo rides. Like, I mean, like the times I've cy- like group rides are for me like with two or three other people, and I've done that a handful of times. Half of them were with you and someone else, the other half with other friends, and like it can be fun. But at the same time, for me, I think cycling is more of like a solo activity as well. Mm. Like if I, I'm talking about like normal rides, if it's like like bikepacking, then yeah, sure, it's probably group thing is more fun because it's more than just cycling; it's also like camping and stuff. But just for rides, I, I think I I just prefer solo rides. Interesting. I am gonna say neither. Because Damn, you don't even cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I just try. I just um, ha- I just Zwift all day. That's it. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna say neither because I. Okay, I enjoy 
big group rides for a really tiny amount and then I'm really bored with it because it's usually a lot of people who don't know what they're doing and it ends it doesn't end well you know yeah uh, in some cases uh I know Fizz Gear Berlin is doing group ride every Wednesday and they look like they have a ton of fun and I would love to try that I don't know if I would go every Wednesday you know no no uh so like I yeah, yeah. I am also not about solo ride. I like doing them from time to time, but you know, it tends to be repetitive, you know, like let's first say like I am doing that solo ride and then I have that long stretch off road where you just have to move to move forward and you just need to keep pedaling. And that's the only thing to do, you know, and that's at, that kind of point that you want like a friend next to you to talk to or to challenge you or, you know, that's where it's interesting. So I would say I like to ride with one or two people like Mm. three. Yeah. Yeah. Like two or three people max uh, is the sweet spot for me. Like for me, it's the opposite kind of, because like, like you said on the empty, like straight road where, you just cycle like i just like for me if solo rides are like i like to think when i do like solo ride you know just like keep to myself and just think and shit like that not, not even no music or anything just you know personal thing oh you think you're better than everyone because you think huh mr exactly. high iq I, I am i am mr philosopher in my head when i'm cycling <laughs> man i'm thinking of the 14 gear group set already but oh no <laughs> no but like yeah like with solo rides at least you have like more freedom because you don't Sometimes you just want someone to shut the fuck up, but you can't tell them to shut the fuck up. So in the solo ride, it's just, you don't have anyone to tell. You don't have anyone like talking when you just want to be quiet or you don't have to wait for anyone to arrive at the meetup point or you don't mm. have to like discuss a pace or wait for people or say, okay, next left, we're going to go left. Like you just do whatever you want. Yeah. And I think that's like the, the best thing because it's just like a, yeah, like a timeout for me when cycling, I guess, from everything else. But I think it's also interesting when you have like a riding buddy or two or three riding buddies. It's like when you guys are absolutely on the same page, you know, it's like yeah. sometimes you talk to each other because it's relaxed and everything. And sometimes there is like that big hill or anything and every everybody knows and everybody shut the fuck up start to focus and we're like okay we're doing this now so we'll probably talk after but right now like we need to focus and do this yeah so like 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 you said like like this and in, in, it's likely that i would change my mind if i had like like a like a writing buddy or two that are that we like are so synchronized with each other that it would be like effortless you know to, yeah. to cycle together but in like at least in my experience, like with you, cycling is really fun. And but you live far away from me, so that's not really a possibility. Mm-hmm. But with the people I've cycled with here, it's kind of like they're either, okay, not to sound like a dick or anything, but they're either not fast enough because they're like more <laughs> more, more casual, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not like professional or amateur either. I'm just also casual, but like, you know, I'm just like faster. Yeah, it's either that or. Or it's like, it's just difficult to communicate with each other, like where the the route is or they don't show up on time or, you know, like all these different things. Yeah. 
and it's just such a hassle in the end. So I'm like, okay, if I go solo, I just put my shoes on, my my bib, my helmet, I go. That's it. But yeah, group rides can also be fun, like you said. Oh yeah, another point about group rides. This is like limited to fix your community because, like, group rides with road bikes, the people they just they just try hard, they just go fast. With but with like fixed gear, I think people are just like they want to show off for each other and then they do stupid shit. And I don't like that. Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like with with road bikes, group rides, they they want to show off. They're like, oh, bro, my FTP is like tw- twenty watts higher than yours, but like. <laughs> With, with fixed gears, like, bro, I'm gonna wheelie over this cop car and then punch a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, damn, man, what the hell? But, chill out, chill out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, bro, I just want to ride. So yeah, that's a, that's the thing I see as well, like, like a trend, is fixed gear group rides. At least the ones that are in the city. Yeah. Alright, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, the next one is, so let's say you have, like, a a collective bike, okay? Yeah. Um, so either you keep it in an extremely good condition, I don't know, like you you put it onto a wall and it looks good and maybe you resell it later, but you just keep it pristine, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you actually ride it. So this one... I, like I'm leaning towards ride it, but it also really depends on the bike itself. Like if it's like a one of one Eddie Merckx our record bike, then yeah, I would say probably just keep it, keep it inside, give it to a museum or something, you know. But <laughs> if or like, I mean, yeah, it's like a balance. If you can ride like safely, if you're just riding normally, you're not you're like wiping it down afterwards. You're not going in like in the beach with salt water and shit, then yeah, sure, maybe go ride, ride it carefully, but otherwise, yeah, it's no problem with just keeping it as like a piece of history as well. Yeah. And then it's like a middle ground, like Candle Track is like, it's a historical piece, has all the history and stuff, but at the same time, it's a mass-produced thing as well. Well, yeah. like, it, I mean, not mass-produced, but there's a lot of them out there. So and yeah, we're still really it. onto the Candle Track vibe, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> If there's like like uh, Amy Danger's bike, for example, the Cipollini, the Candale track, yeah. that's one of one. Yeah. And if you're trying to look, if you're trying to do like jump off three, uh, three, five, six steps of stairs, whatever, you probably shouldn't do that. Probably just better keep it inside. Just <laughs> yeah. Admire it, you know. So yeah, it's a balance. Yeah. Ride it if you can. If it makes sense to ride it, just keep it inside. If it's like really not worth it to risk it. I think there's a balance to find between like history preservation and actually enjoyment and pleasure while riding something you worked hard for. Yeah. Because collector bikes are not cheap. So if you have one, you probably put down a certain amount of money to get one uh, and putting down that amount of money for something that you're just going to put onto your wall kind of sounds like a shame at some point. I would say, yeah, go ride it. Just be careful, you know. I would ride it. <laughs> uh, I don't. I there's. I don't have like any crazy example on the top of, on the top of my head right now. But if I had like a one on one something, and okay, here's an example. Uh, do you remember the Colnago Futura 
Yeah. So the, those are like one. crazy expensive. Yeah. Uh, they're like super, super expensive. Um, if I had one, I would probably ride it. I don't know if I would put any stickers onto it. <laughs> you, you would ride it like a daily or something, like every day. No, every day? I think no, I think it would not be a daily. I think it would be like a Sunday coffee getter, you know. Like, it's nice and sunny day outside. I am off. I just want to go get my coffee, so I know I I'm not locking it to some fences or anything. I know I there is a safe place for it at the coffee, so you know. I just like, like that, yeah, yeah. I yeah, right yeah. there, I put it against a wall. I look at it while drinking my coffee, and I'm like, "That's a nice bike." And then I just go back home, you know. And I'm not doing crazy stuff on the way. I mean, it depends on what you define crazy as well. Like, but at the same time, if I'm spending that much amount, that amount of money on on the Futura bike, that's like a, a literal like piece of art, and. It's not. There's not gonna be more of them. I'm just keeping that inside just to admire it. But yeah, if it's That's, like a candle track, I will ride it. If it's maybe a bit more than a candle track, yeah, I'll ride it as well. But yeah, otherwise, probably not. That's such a a dilemma because bikes are literally objects that you're meant to ride. Yeah, but it's if true. it's a bike mixed with a piece of art, where is the line? You know. Yeah, like it, 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 you can think of it like one way to think of it is like with the Futura one is that the artist for the Futura two thousand is that his name Futura? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, he's using the bike frame as his canvas, and so whatever he's doing, it happens to like doesn't happen to be on the bike. It is the bike in the end. Yeah, and I mean, of course, if you're paying for it, you can do whatever you want with it. But as, at the same time, even if you can afford to lose hundred thousand euros or whatever it costs, I think it's a shame if anything happened to it. Yeah, like even, like a scratch or anything, you know. It's just, but yeah. At the mm, same time, if you if yeah. you have like a super rare collector's bike and you're careful with it, and somehow somehow it fucks up, and it's totaled or there's a big dent or whatever, no one's gonna sell you another bike again, because like these collectors' bikes, they they more I think they probably go from collector to collector, yeah, like their own network and stuff. So if if one person who really cares about history sees that a person they sold a, a nice bike to destroyed it, that person will be like blacklisted. Yeah. But as long right. as you just take care of it, you know, we can probably yeah. take it out for a spin once in a while, right? There, there was this guy on the subreddit, the fixed gear bicycle subreddit, who had a Chinelli Laser Pursuit, I think. And he, yeah, he rode it, like he said, like one weekend a year. Ooh. Just, just like like a special weekend where it's like yeah. it's nice and sunny and then no, like c clear pavement. You know, like it's like perfect conditions basically. Yeah, he kept it on the wall, but he also really appreciated like the history and stuff like that. So I'm just picturing his face of like, today is an exciting day. Today is a special <laughs> day. He <laughs> just have like a big cross on his calendar. You know, today is the day. Like the first time riding it. Damn, feels like a pure fix. <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> nothing against pure fix but yeah it's just... yeah okay uh, can we fit one more or yeah absolutely we have time for one more okay one more let me think I've got a big list oh I've got a big oh this is a good one cheap Chinese carbon rims versus like hash like not hashtag like, quote unquote premium aluminum rims the answer is so easy is it okay. oh yeah 
premium aluminum rings, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, damn, maybe I should have made it difficult. But yeah, same. Also, I would go with the aluminum rims. Aluminum rims for sure. And they look... There are many aluminum rims that look really good nowadays as well. They're more affordable. They have proper quality control. There's there's less risk. They're more like durable. Sudden, yeah, more durable. There's less risk of it suddenly like going up in flames or something. <laughs> or it's like falling in half. And yeah, the main downside is that they do not... They don't catch the eye as much as like a Chinese carbon with big fake rainbow zip logos or whatever. Your cabin yeah. will spontaneously going into flames. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just taking fire like this. No, yeah, but... it's just like you just look at it wrong and then it just gets destroyed. Yeah, uh, I am all about quality aluminum rims. And uh, I mean. Let's face it, quality carbon rims are stupidly expensive. Yeah. It is like for a ton of people, it's completely out of budget. And I get that because why would you pay like three, four times the, the amount you paid for your frames for a pair of rims, right? Yeah. And yeah, especially when you pay for that really cool carbon pair of rims and then you write it, but you know you kind of have to take care of it because it's still carbon, so it, it, it is less durable than aluminum in some cases. Yeah, and like the carbon, like it depends. It can look tasteful as well if you have like um, not super wide zip carbon rims or envy carbon rims or head or whatever. But at the same time, like if you have 88 millimeters or something, and most of the time it just looks, doesn't look good. Yeah, but either way, these rims are made for performance. So we 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 moved into the territory of like real carbon rims, but like so cheap car cheap China carbon is a full no, but then even like real zip carbon or NV carbon, if you have like a tasteful build that's not just screaming zip or whatever, it's it can look good. But either way, these these rims are made for performance, and <laughs> let's 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 be real, most. People that ride fixed gear on the street, they don't have enough no. <laughs> performance to like to benefit from carbon rims, including not, myself. Yeah, it's not like we don't have enough performance. It's like it's like we're definitely not using in an environment that is good yeah, for showing performance. You know. Yeah, that's a better way. So like, yeah, it's 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 for people that really have a bike computer and power meter and everything more, or yeah, really go hundred ten percent speed. Yeah. And oh, yeah. the, you know, with gravel, and I think that's one thing we got from gravel. With gravel, we got so much better aluminum rims. Like, the market went really from like pretty narrow to super big aftermarket rims uh, with like white tire clearance. And now we also have uh, lo like disc brake technology. It's It's everywhere now, right? So yeah. we have way more choice for uh, disc brakes rims, so no sidewalls, you know, no brake tracks. And if you're if you're riding your your bike brakeless, then it just looks better, you know. Yeah. So that's true. And in most of cases, aluminium quality aluminium rims, they actually are 
the same weight if it's not lighter than a carbon rim, like a Chinese yeah. carbon rim. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, uh, recently I went and uh, I went in out and bought a pair of Zip Thirties, but with the brake tracks on it. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a road set, so the front is eighteen spokes and the rear is twenty four spokes. It is so light for an aluminum rim, you know. It's like yeah. super crazy light, and I was really really surprised. I got it for an absolute steal. It was really cheap, and it's just a good surprise. It's a quality aluminum rim. I know it's definitely going to be more durable than any cheap carbon I could have found anywhere, really. For the same price, because I paid that really, really cheap. Yeah. The only problem I have was that it has like the brake tracks on the side. I actually need those brake tracks because I plan to run brakes on that bike. So. Oh, for I mean, the trip, right? Yeah. So that's a good thing. But mm. it's just, yeah, let's face it. It doesn't look good. Uh, I don't like the look of it with brake tracks because it's just like big silver thing in the middle of everywhere. And you're like, eh, I could... Uh, I could uh, have this, like black would be better. <laughs> <laughs> this could have been like a good uh, like segue into a, another question, but I think we're at the end of this episode. We can so fit. The... We can fit one more. We can. Fit okay. One okay. More, let's do one more. One more. And you, can you guess the question? Absolutely because not. Disc brakes versus rim brakes. Oh, here we go. Okay. That's like a that's like a massive one for the entire like, cycling world. I think. Yeah, and you will get that in episode two. No, just kidding. <laughs> See you <laughs> well, next maybe, week. <laughs> if, well, maybe people like this episode. We can do like a second episode more. But yeah, I'm for disc brakes. So I think they look nicer. They the, the stopping power is just so much nicer. It's more responsive than rim brakes. I mean, you can have like expensive, super well-adjusted rim brakes, and then they're also really good. But disc brake is just really uh, reliable with what it does you know what i like disc brakes a lot like they look super cool and all but recently i've been into that vibe of people taking old old cannondale's frame road frames and putting like new like making new retro builds on them right yeah and so they have rim brakes and it just look cool because with time brakes caliper brake calipers got so small you know like yeah so aero or like you know it's just yeah it just look good and when you have like super super cool ones but like crazy expensive like the the can creek ee wings or uh, no ee yeah. brakes or stuff like that looks good okay it's crazy expensive let's face it mm. but you have like i don't know like dura ace brakes looks good and i recently got um a front caliper and it's a um, 105 and it's a new generation one and i was like man that's a good looking caliper i like it <laughs> a lot yeah like it you could yeah there's lots of variation i think with cali- like rim brake calipers as well like for example the i think it was a specialized bench i think that had like the internal rim brake calipers yeah yeah so it was like in, inside the fork and then behind the the seat stay so yeah the madron really is hidden. like that too right I, the, the track yeah, my own. Sure. Yeah, I, I've only seen the, the, the disc brake version of that one. But yeah, probably. But yeah, I, I like disc brakes more because of like the more like, in-action performance. But also, with rim brakes, you cannot hide them 
Like if you don't, you cannot do internal routing with rim brakes unless your entire entire frame is built around that. Yeah. With with disc brakes, it's more possible for a certain price, of course. Yeah. And and the downside of of disc brakes, one of them is that they they yell, they, they, oh they rip God. your ears out when they're wet. <laughs> Insert disc brake sounds here. <laughs> yeah. Lose all <laughs> listeners at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. That's, that's one thing then. Last one, yeah. Yeah, well, that was a that was pretty good. That was pretty good, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had more about rim brakes, but yeah, you know, everybody is different, and everybody is. Yeah, everybody is different, and everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog Society dot com. Uh, you can also find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes and on our personal Instagram. I go by at underscore poll underscore you and Fabian, you're at fab.ism. If you have any questions or want to share your thought on everything cycling related, you can email the show at this address, slowspinsidepodcast at gmail.com. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Maria and the illustration is by at Jojo on Instagram. Supporters by sharing the show with your friends, your family, or by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. It really helps us out and makes the podcast more visible for anyone craving more fixed gear content. Thank you for everyone that left us a good review on Apple Podcasts. There is actually a thing in Apple Podcasts that the more good review you have, it makes the show just more visible to everyone. So thank you really to the people who let a good review there. If you want to support us even more and have access to the extended cut of the podcast, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast. and pledging at any level will grant you access to the pre and after show, which is around 40-50 minutes of extra content per week. We are at now 12 Patreons, bringing us even closer to our monthly goal, and then more privileges for every tier. Thank you so much. For your support, everyone, we really appreciate it. Especially last episode, we had like crazy numbers. So yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right, then we will see everyone next Monday. You want to say, you want to add something? Oh, oh, see you. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)